Hello and welcome to Formosa News. I'm Ken Lee. Good evening. I'm Celia Chan. Taiwan's first batch of COVID vaccines has arrived at last. Some 117,000 doses of the AstraZeneca vaccine were delivered to the Taiwan Taoyuan International Airport on Wednesday. If inspections go smoothly, vaccinations of frontline medical staff can begin as soon as next week. The AstraZeneca vaccine requires two doses for full protection. Taiwan has decided to use the entire first shipment as first doses in order to give partial protection to as many people as possible. The first COVID vaccines have landed, carried by Korean Air. This morning, the first shipment of the AstraZeneca vaccine arrived, totaling 117,000 doses. At 10.21 a.m., the Korean Air flight landed at the Taoyuan Airport. After completing customs procedures, the vaccines were transported to a designated refrigerated logistics center. This batch is one portion of the total promised by the manufacturer and is packaged in multi-dose vials. Each vial contains enough doses for 10 people and must be stored at a temperature of 2 to 8 degrees Celsius. The results of the clinical trial showed that two doses per person are needed with at least eight weeks between doses. After arriving in Taiwan, the vaccine shipment was first put through customs. After its paperwork was inspected, it was sent for temporary storage at the Taiwan Air Cargo Terminal. At 1.30 p.m., the vaccines were loaded into a refrigerated truck and escorted by 10 police vehicles to a storage facility. The Taiwan Food and Drug Administration has already begun inspection procedures and hopes to begin administering the vaccines as soon as one week from now. High-risk medical workers will be the first to receive the vaccines. The priority list for vaccination starts with relevant individuals in the medical field. It's 117,000 doses. So basically, we will start with those who care for patients confirmed to be infected with COVID-19 or those suspected of being infected. Those frontline workers make up roughly 50,000 people. Next will be the frontline workers who do not come directly in contact with COVID-19 patients, a total of 120,000 people. Then we will vaccinate medical workers who are not frontline workers. The CECC has decided it will not leave any doses from the first shipment to be used as second doses. This way, it hopes to provide protection to more people sooner. After the first dose, a person should receive 71 protection within 22 days. And if there are 12 weeks between doses, a person can reach up to 81% protection. In this first stage, we hope to offer the vaccine to 117,000 people. We want more than 110,000 people to have at least 70% protection after 22 days. The more people we cover, the better. The side effects people have experienced after vaccination include swelling or pain in the area of injection, exhaustion, pain in the muscles and joints, high temperature, nausea, and an upset stomach. Chen said the shipment was not from a promised COVAX distribution of 200,000 doses, but instead was from an order that Taiwan placed directly with AstraZeneca. Pineapples were on the agenda at both major parties' weekly internal meetings on Wednesday. Amid China's import ban on Taiwan pineapples, the DPP held a sales promotion event at the meeting of its Central Standing Committee. Four mayors, each representing a pineapple-producing region, tried out their hand at hawking fruit. If you don't want juice on your shirt while you're digging into your pineapple, you can use this shopping bag like a bib. 
If you have any waste or pineapple peels, chuck them straight in the bag. We've got it all, dried pineapple, fresh pineapple. Last but most importantly is our order hotline, which you can all see right here. In the face of unreasonable trade standards and measures, Taiwan will only become more united. Jiayi, Tainan, Kaohsiung and Pingdong have formed a national team to solve the problem of pineapple sales together. This crisis is an opportunity. Challenges won't destroy Taiwan, but will only make it stronger. Let's pre-order before the harvest and order even more during it to help tide over our farmers. Over at the KMT headquarters, the Central Standing Committee talked details of a campaign to support farmers. Pineapples could be seen on every table, a gift from some party members to the committee. In response to China's pineapple ban, both parties are directing their energies to promoting sales. It turns out that there's much common ground to be had in fruit. Snow in March? That's right. It's been a roller coaster weather week, which was first warm, then cold, then so cold it snowed this morning on Yushan, Taiwan's highest peak. We're currently in a weather pattern of heavy water vapor and strong, chilly northeasterly winds. Starting Thursday, that system will weaken and bring temperatures back to a high of 27 degrees. But don't put away your winter coats yet because another cold front is due to arrive over the weekend. Snowfall has blanketed Yushan Weather Station, creating a winter wonderland. Strengthening northeasterly winds and water vapor from the south converged on Wednesday, bringing snow starting at 7.05 in the morning. It fell for roughly an hour, and accumulation was as much as 3 centimeters thick. Over at Hehuanshan, there was a smattering of sleet. In the flatlands, the lowest temperature nationwide was recorded at New Taipei's Reifeng District, which saw a low of 12.5 degrees. We expect the next stream of water vapor to pass over the northern and eastern regions, as well as the mountainous regions in central Taiwan. If the temperature conditions are right, there will be a chance of snow. The CWB says that with the weakening of the northeasterly winds, the weather will turn warm island-wide Thursday and Friday. The eastern and northern mountainous regions could see sporadic showers, though temperatures will rise there, too, to as high as 27 degrees. But another front and stronger winds will come Saturday, and the north and east will turn damp and chilly once again. Snow could reappear at high altitudes. Lows of 14 degrees are expected in the north and 17 degrees in the east. The next weather system will arrive on Saturday. As the front passes and northeasterly winds grow in strength, the weather in the north and eastern parts of the island will turn slightly cooler. We're not ruling out rainfall as far down as southern Taiwan. From Sunday to next Tuesday or Wednesday, northeasterly winds will continue to weigh on the weather, which will be relatively cool. The area of probable precipitation will be slightly smaller. Spring weather is highly changeable and this week is no exception, ushering in two weather systems. Unfortunately, only isolated showers are expected nationwide, so there will be little relief in store for the drought-stricken south. More water restrictions were announced for Xinzhu, Miaoli and Taichung on Wednesday for immediate effect. Water pressure will now be lowered for residential households all day long instead of overnight only. In addition, non-industrial commercial users of water, such as car wash operators, will need to reduce their consumption by 20 percent, up from 11 percent. The tougher rationing comes as water supplies continue to drop, reaching below 13 percent capacity at several reservoirs. 
In Shenzhou, Miaoli, and Taichung are water pressure reduction measures, which were being carried out from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m., will now be implemented for the entire day. With the drought worsening, the Central Emergency Operations Center has announced that in Xinju, Miaoli, and Taichung, effective immediately, residential water pressure will be reduced all day. A total of 1.34 million households will be affected. Commercial users of water, such as pools, car washes, saunas, and spas, will have to cut consumption by 20 percent, up from 11 percent. A total of 1,066 commercial users will be affected. All the science parks have their own water reserves, which have a supply sufficient for two to five days. Controls are tightening as reservoirs dip to perilous lows. Levels at 2nd Baoshan Reservoir, Yonghe-shan Reservoir, Mingde Reservoir, and Deji Reservoir have all dropped below 13% capacity. At Li Yutan Reservoir and Zhengwen Reservoir, levels are below 16%. Supplies are dwindling day by day, and authorities are not optimistic. Before the end of March, we will increase the amount of water we send into Xinju. Our goal is to bring it up from 225,000 tons of water per day, which will ease the demand on Baoshan Reservoir and 2nd Baoshan Reservoir. Taiwan Water Corporation will adjust its water station network as needed. Access times will be expanded to the weekends and holidays for those with appointments to collect water. The shortage is growing dire in central and southern Taiwan, especially at the far ends of the supply network and at higher altitudes. The Taiwan Water Corporation is working on supporting these areas with more water stations and water truck deliveries. Taiwan shares surged on Wednesday, recovering from two days of sell-offs that took it below 16,000 points. Today, the tires picked up 264 points or 1.66 percent to close at 16,211 points. Looking at the market over this short period, we're seeing the rise of bond yields. In terms of how that affects the market overall, how much capital reduction it brings, I don't think the effect will be excessive. After some time passes and the market is able to digest this selling pressure, I believe that the index has a shot at returning to a bullish trend. Analysts say the TIEX tumbled last week as U.S. Treasury yields rose, reaching 1.6 percent on February 25th. That led to foreign institutional investors dumping their shares on the TIEX. But by Wednesday, a measure of calm had returned to the market. Foreign investors put their recent sell-off on pause, buying a net 14.1 billion NT in shares. Taiwan's love of pets continues to grow unabated. The lottery is the latest industry to get in on the trend. A new lottery card features cute cats and dogs and is proving irresistible to animal lovers. Many lottery players take their pets down to the lottery shop to bring them good luck. Meet Boss the Cat. She's mastered the beckoning gesture of a Japanese lucky cat, and she picks out lucky lottery cards for her human. The saying goes, cats and dogs bring good fortune. Lottery players have traditionally brought their pets along to try their luck. Now Taiwan Lottery has launched a new Little Buddy lottery card, featuring an adorable Shiba Inu and a lovable ginger cat. Its top prize is 2 million NT and lots of animal lovers bring their pets along to improve their chances. Probably because I have a cat at home, so I think the cat on the cart is cute and I got it. When I break even, I get another, another cat. 
Lots of people like the cats, and people like the dogs, too. So these two kinds of lottery players both come specially to get these cards. Revenue has grown 30 or 40 percent. In 2021, there are more pets in Taiwan than children under the age of 15. The pet industry is valued at up to 50 billion NT annually. It's no wonder animal magic is spreading beyond pet shops. The annual Shiling Residence Tulip Festival has begun and will last until March 7th. Visitors flock to the historic residence to enjoy the colorful spectacle of 110,000 tulips imported from Japan and the Netherlands. The organizers have planned four themed exhibitions showcasing the Netherlands, Japan and Turkey. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in. A visitor snaps photos of a 3D hand-painted canal. We're at Shilin Residence's annual tulip show, which is organized by the Taipei city government. It's very, very beautiful, different colors, different style. I came to enjoy the beautiful floral sea with my friend's family. I saw a lot of tulips. There's an area with Snow White that is very beautiful. It feels like I'm abroad. This year's tulip show opened on February 25th. The show features 110,000 tulips of 16 varieties, all imported from the Netherlands and Japan. Aside from the Holland zone, there's also a Turkish zone that features hot air balloons and tulips in purple, white, yellow and red. The Japan Zone showcases unique tulip varieties from Japan. The organizers have also created giant tori gates and bells for visitors to take photos with. I like kimonos very much. There is some older architecture here, so I decided to wear a kimono here. The flowers are blooming very beautifully, so I came here to admire them. This year, we started off with the concept of Turkey when designing our installations, because Turkey is the birthplace of tulips. We're representing Turkey with hot air balloons, because when you go to Turkey, you will ride on hot air balloons. Next up is the Dutch area. The Netherlands has four treasures. They are tulips, clogs, cheese, and windmills. We've installed a few more windmills this year. This year, there are 16 varieties of tulips, 14 varieties from the Netherlands, and other endemic species from Japan. This year's tulip show features 111,000 flowers. The best time to view the flowers is before March 7th. The 2021 Shiling Residence Tulip Festival will last until March 7th. Due to COVID-19, the park has taken safety precautions, which includes temperature checks, mandatory masks, and park disinfection. The office also recommends that the public check the crowd conditions on the Travel Taipei website before visiting. For most of news, Stephanie Yang, Shenpeizhi in Taipei. Kapayaki eel is one of Taiwan's favorite Japanese specialties, but the sweet, rich sauce that's usually poured over it is not so great if you're trying to avoid heavy foods. Let's head now to a Taipei restaurant where the chef has dreamed up alternative eel recipes that are just as tasty for a special family member who had to adopt a low-sugar diet. Eel and rice with a simple salt preparation to set off the eel, rather than the usual kabayaki sauce. Have you ever seen an eel with skin as crispy as this? It's like a cracker full of tender eel meat. Take your first bite of eel alone, then add some mustard and nori. Then try it with an onsen egg's delicious creamy yolk mixed in, and finally add tea or soup to make ochazuki. It's eel four ways. Eel is delivered each day, and the chef scrapes it thoroughly to remove any grittiness on the surface. Then lots of little cuts are made to remove the bones. It's hours before the eel is ready to be cooked sous vide. 
You can see the colloid and the juices oozing out. Salt is sprinkled on, and then it's time for grilling. We present its skin facing up because the skin is so crispy it almost feels like a cracker. Together with the juicy, plump eel flesh, it's a big contrast. The skin is grilled at high temperature, turning golden as eel juice bubbles up from below. The rice is carefully prepared too. Sushi rice is washed and cooked in eel juice to soak up the leftover goodness. There's also a French-style eel liver dish presented with steamed eggs. The chef invented crispy eel for his mother, who has diabetes. After that, she couldn't eat kabayaki at all anymore because it is too high in sugar. That's when I started to want to invent some eel rice dishes based on salt flavorings. When I created it, I immediately gave it to my mom and she loved it. Huang's background is in Western cuisine, but for his mom, he's learned a whole new skill set.